0: Good stuff this morning. I'm excited for today as we wrap our series on the word pray. Pray being a verb. It is an action. It is something we do. And anytime that we close out a series, it's a little bit bittersweet for me. I'm always a little sad because of what God has done within a series. But this series has been something else. This series has been um, amazing, and and what a surprise, y'all, how shocking that when we put prayer at the forefront, and then we respond in what we're talking about, that we have an amazing few weeks, right? Like, how mind-boggling is that, that when we pray, and we make it our focus, God moves in mighty ways, and He has done that. He has done that. If this is your first Sunday here um, or you've been coming, you, know, you, you need to know that God has been moving here at Beaches Chapel. It's been, um, as I was reflecting on it this morning and praying over this you know, this, this time that we've had and just talking to the Lord, um, what I've gained from it is, is a few things. I've, I've been happy during this time. It's been a really happy time for me personally just to see our church move and function as a body and um, being, I've been expectant every single Sunday and excited to get here, just waiting for the, that countdown timer on the screen to hit zero so we can get going and seeing what God's going to do. I mean, every Sunday, it just seems to get better and better. And, and I've been incredibly humbled as well. This has been such a humbling experience to see. I mean, last week, especially if you missed it, um, we did a, a service on healing for those that needed healing, and the response was amazing uh, to the point where we were just pulling church members out of their seats, can you help pray, can you help pray, and just, and and I was not feeling my best last week, and so I didn't pray for people, I didn't want to get in their face and uh, make them sick while simultaneously asking for healing, Um, um, but so it was, it was the best thing, it was the best thing to be able to just sit and watch, I mean Jesse and I were like on the verge of tears just seeing the church being the church and praying, and no one was saying, well, I'd like to wait and go to that person or that, it was just, uh, yes, I'm going to you because we are a family and we pray for one another, so it's been incredible. So thank you. Thank you, church, for, for responding, for getting out of your seat for the last three Sundays and coming up and just being obedient to what the Lord is calling uh, all of us to do. And, and, and I pray and I believe that if you have been, you've been seeing that in your week as well. Um, and it's going to continue. It's going to continue. Just because this is the last, the last uh, Sunday of this series does not mean that. Uh, We should stop in all the things that we've been doing, but that it would bring increase in our prayer time as well So as we end today, it's going to look a little different Today, I want to talk about listening I want to talk about listening because prayer is a dialogue and what we've been doing these last few weeks is we've been Responding and coming forward and we've having these moments where we just we just share with the lord and we speak to god And we pray to him, but I believe there is a time when we need to stop talking and we need to listen and enjoy the quietness of prayer. I think all of us can identify someone in our life or people that we've just been around situations, maybe that the person or people, whoever we're around, they just don't stop talking, right? <clears throat> maybe you're looking at me going, yeah, I know someone like that. Um We just don't stop talking. You can't get a word in edgewise. And it can be very frustrating in those moments of conversation where you're like, I I don't even know what I just said. I don't think I said anything. I don't know how they they were breathing during all of that talking, right? And if you're like, no, I actually don't know anybody like that. That's amazing. Well, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, look in the mirror, (laughs) check that out. But we've all been in those situations and, and it can be very frustrating, and, and the thing is, a lot of times that is how we approach prayer with the Lord. We are those people to God. Right? We, we wake up in the morning, we're going to have our quiet time. I'm going to read my psalm, I'm going to read my chapter, I'm going to check that off the list. Okay, God, I did that, now I'm going to pray, and here's what I need from you, Lord, or here's what I'm experiencing. I need this with my marriage, I need this over my kids, my finances are this, I need help paying the bills, I'm not feeling very good, in Jesus' name, amen. And then we go on and we do all this talking and talking and talking and doing, and we never let God respond. You say, Lord, I I need help with my finances. We're having problems paying the bills. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's examine how we're spending money. Let's look at your budget. Let's talk about your tithing. Let's talk about these things. Praying for your children. Okay, let's talk about how we're parenting now. Let, let, Let me say something. You're bringing this to me. Now let me interject. But we don't give God a chance. And what I ultimately want to do today as we listen is I want to listen to the Word. I want to listen to what the Word of God says because we have this great benefit of the Word of God. His voice, His words written down on pages that we get to read whenever we want. We can pull up our phone and read it whenever we want. And God has so many good things that He has already said to us things that he has already said over us that he is going to do that creates a dialogue between us. You see, reading the word is praying the word. When we read the word of God, his words over us, that is a prayer dialogue that is happening. And we need to be slow enough that when we read it, we're listening to what we're reading. Now we are listening to what we are reading. And let me just say this, this little caveat right off the bat. When we read the word, y'all, over us, let's make sure we're reading it over us. And not over that person that we don't really get along with at work or whatever. "Mm, They need to read this. Yes, God, thank you for that confirmation. This is for them, right? No, when we open the word, we're saying, God, examine my heart. Examine me. Talk to me, Lord. Not let me use this as as some weapon for someone else and how they need to be corrected, right? I've been guilty. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe that's just for me. All right, praise God. Um, Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. See, here's the thing, y'all. The word of God changes us. It changes us. I can try and change myself all I want. I can grit my teeth and I can do my best, but it's the word of God in me that changes me. That's why, as Allison was talking, and you heard Josh earlier with these students, this is what we do. We give them the word, all right? We don't give them this version of myself that here's what I, this is my plan, one, two, and three. It's the word. And the word of God does not return void. With our school and with our students' ministry and with base camp, even with our nursery, thank you, Jesus, We are planting the seeds. We're planting the seeds of the Word of God in our children and our young people so that as they grow and mature to become adults, that change is already happening. But it happens to us as well if we let it. Because the Word of God is radical, and the Word of God changes us. Eugene Peterson, who um, wrote the message, he took the Bible and turned it into the message version, if if you're familiar with that version, he says this, He said, it is this fusion of God speaking to us through scripture and our speaking to him in prayer that the Holy Spirit uses to form the life of Christ in us. So as we speak to God and we go to him in prayer and we go to him at the altar, we go to him wherever we're at and we speak what's going on in our lives. What we do then is we go to the word and we let God speak back to us and we listen to what he's saying and then we are transformed Then the change happens. But we have to let God speak back to us. Otherwise, it is this one-way street, and we never allow God truly in to our lives. So I want to ask you, in your prayer life, what has God been saying to you? And if you don't have an answer for that, I want to encourage you to slow down. Slow down in your prayer time and give God space to talk back to you. And we are going to do that this morning. The Word of God changes us. Why does it change us? It's simple. Because it is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. It is the sufficient, perfect, unwavering, unmoving, loving, encouraging Word of God. And it changes us because at times it it rubs us, right? Right? If you're, if you're being honest with yourself, when we open the word and we, we listen to what God is saying, there are things that, oh man. Oh. Yeah. All right, God, if that's what you're saying, then, then I need to do some things here. I need to repent. I need to change this and that. Because we are, if we're measuring ourselves against the truth, it should change us, right? It doesn't change the word. The word isn't measured up against our truth. The word is the truth, all right? And when we put ourselves up against it, there are things that should be revealed in all of our lives that change us for the better, that make us more Christ-like, that don't condemn us and make us feel guilty and shameful and and, and all these things and just beat myself up. No, let's say, thank you, Lord, for your patience with me. Now I'm going to change because I am measuring myself against the world. Look, the enemy lies to us. The world lies to us. Our friends can even lie to us at times. That's Job. But the word of God always, always, always tells us the truth. So are we listening? Are we listening to it? Or are we just going to God, saying what we're, what's going through, and then we turn and we tune them out. And then instead of listening to him, we listen to everybody else around us. We listen to the news. We listen to our coworkers. We listen to this, that, and the other. We listen to ourselves. And we never listen to God. When he's saying, I have it written down already. And I want to talk to you. But you gotta let me, you gotta let me in. You gotta stop talking. Gotta be quiet for a minute. Gotta take your time here. I believe that there's many of us who've forgotten, never heard, or need to hear again what the Lord says about you. There's many of us in here that have forgotten what the Lord says about you, specifically you. And there are many of us in here that are desperate to hear the voice of the Lord over something or some things, even trying and trying and trying. I'd say, I want to speak to you today. I want to speak to you today. I want to start this dialogue again. I want you to be reminded of what I've already said about you and what I want to say to you right now. I want to look at a story that, that, that illustrates this, I believe, really well. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, in the context of this, is we have this guy, Elijah, who is a prophet, and he's had a major win. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this a lot. Um, we actually just talked about this a few weeks ago when we, when we spoke on the altar. But Elijah is a prophet. He's gone to the king, and he said it's not going to rain. Then fast forward, they have the, he has this amazing moment on Mount Carmel where he builds this altar, and fire comes down from heaven and lights Elijah's altar, right? It soaks up all the water that's around it. He's, he ends up slaughtering over 800 false prophets. He outruns a horse, by the way, which is kind of awesome, uh, Rain finally falls after like three years. And I mean, Elijah has one of the greatest moments in all of the Old Testament. In the next day, the next day, his life is threatened by the queen. And Elijah, you would think, would say, oh, whatever. Like, did you see what happened yesterday? Like, fire fell. Did you not get the memo? I killed 800 false prophets. I outran a horse. Don't come at me with your threats. But he doesn't do that. He gets threatened, and he immediately is fearful. And he goes and he runs into the wilderness by himself. And this is what the Lord says to him in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 9. It says, but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets i am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too let's put it in today's vernacular god i'm doing everything right i'm doing everything that i possibly can i'm being obedient to you i'm standing up for you I believe in you. I am your voice. I'm doing everything that I possibly can. And all that I've gotten back is me being alone and my life threatened. I'm trying, God, and it ain't working. Don't raise your hand, but does that sound familiar to you? I'm doing everything I can, God. I did what you said. I went into isolation. I I ate, you know, from the birds. I did all these other things, and and I, I stood up to you. I got rid of all the false prophets, and they still want to kill me. I'm the only one left, and I'm done. I am done. What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 11, this is God's response. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love the earthquake moments. I love the fire moments. I feel like that's what we've been having lately, right? Earthquake moments, the mighty wind moments. Those are fun. Those are awesome. Those, those make us, you know, stand up a little taller. like yeah, what's up, world, right? But there are moments when we need the gentle whisper of the Lord. We used to sing a song here. Let me hear your voice, the gentle whisper of your voice. Father, I long to stand before you. I believe it's in those moments where where God speaks to us like he's speaking to Elijah. Elijah, what are you doing here? Tell me what's really going on. And there's a couple points I want to look at with this dialogue from Elijah's perspective first. And that is that Elijah was honest with the Lord. He was honest with what was going on inside of him. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll touch on what he actually said in a second, but what we need to appreciate about Elijah in this moment is that at least he was honest with God. Prayer does not work if we are not honest with the Lord. And we love to put on the mask of everything is okay, right? Not just in, on Sunday mornings. There's some of us that have not been able to come up forward because we are, would rather wear that mask of everything is okay, let me let me clothe myself in that let me put that on while well, on the inside we are dying on the inside we're saying i'm here again and it's still not working i'm trying everything god and it's still not working but hey i'm okay everything's all right and we're not being honest with the lord in our times with him elijah in this moment at least the very least he is telling god exactly how he is feeling but that's the second point that I want to get to. He's basing everything off of his feelings. Let me say something. Feelings are great indicators, all right, of how to pray. But they are not the truth. Feelings, more times than not, are dirty, rotten liars. We feel this way, and I feel like this. I feel alone. I feel like nothing's working. That's why we go back to the word and we pray the word of God over us because the word is truth. The word is truth. And listen, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't take our feelings. Well, okay, you feel like this. Let me let me bend the truth a little bit to accommodate your feelings. No, we need the truth unfiltered because the truth of God is good. The truth of God is love. The truth of God is that he's for us and he's not against us and that we are never alone. God goes on to tell Elijah, you're not alone. There's 7,000 that I've saved with you. 7,000. He only needed 300 in the Bible. 7,000 is plenty for God. He can do all sorts of things with 7,000. But Elijah felt like he was alone. But, but he told it to God. He didn't keep his feelings to himself. He didn't go to God and say, hmm, thank you, Jesus. Please protect me. Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm going I'm to be okay. No, he says, I'm the only one left, Lord. He tells him, just take my life. Just end it now. Let's just call it. Let's just call it. And God's response after he tells him how he's feeling, when he's honest with him, is again, what are you doing here, Elijah? Like, what are you really doing here? Let's talk. Let's talk. And so I'm going to ask you all that this morning. As you sit here in church, watching online from your home, what are you doing here? What are you really doing here? What are you after? Is it just for God to fix your problems and check off this list? Or do you really want to hear from the Lord? You really want to be honest with Him. Because He wants you to be honest with Him. He wants to be honest with you. This whole thing is about a relationship. And it's based on Honesty. If we're never honest with the Lord, even with our feelings, we can't measure it with the truth. We can't ever change and be closer to the Lord and and be like Christ and have that dialogue that God so desperately wants us to have. He wants to rip off that mask of everything is okay and say, let's get to the surface of the matter. Let's get to the heart of all this. What are you doing here? So what are y'all doing here? God wants to say some things to us. He wants to say some things to you specifically. But will you listen? Will you listen to what he has to say? Philippians 4, verse 8. says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Listen. The only thing I know that meets that criteria is the word of God. There's nothing else that is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. And you want to fix your thoughts on your own. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to think better. Right? It might work for like an hour. Okay? It doesn't work for me. I'm too cynical. I'm a curmudgeon. I'm too sarcastic. I can't do it, I'm serious, I can't, I've tried, it takes getting in the word and letting God's truth get in us, that changes how we think, it's that Holy Spirit welling up in us that changes how we think, we can't do it ourselves y'all, and if you think you can, I'm here to burst your bubble and say you can't, so don't even try, don't waste your time, trying to save you time and energy here get in the word it is what is true it is what is right it is what is honorable it is what is worthy of praise so what i want to do here i'm gonna take a few moments to listen to god's word so i just want you to sit where you're at and we, we have all these scriptures in our app you can look at them later but i want you to close your eyes Just bow your head and close your eyes And this is the Lord speaking to you. This is not for the person next to you. This is not for me only. It's for all of us, but all of us both collectively and individually. I want you to think right now on that question. What are you doing here? What are you feeling right now as you've been walking in life? let's listen to what God says about all those things that you came in here this morning with. All the struggles, all the hurt. Again, you can look at these verses later if you'd like on the app. For now, just close your eyes and listen. Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, that these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras, you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Isaiah 43, 1-7. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God for I have made them for my glory. It was I, Song of Solomon 2, verses 10 through 15. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. My dove in the clefts of the rock and the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Lamentations 3:21 through25. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, they are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Psalm 56 3 through 8. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what He has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Joshua 1.9 This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 1 John 4.9-10 God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Luke 12, verses 6 and 7, and 22 through 32. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to Him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God, and above all else, and He will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. For if God gives your, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. I want to read that one again. For it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And lastly. of not being afraid in there, lot of not being anxious, worrying. Listen, God loves you. And He is God. He is the Lord. He is our Savior. And how you feel in a moment, bring it to these verses. Bring it to truth. And hear what the Lord is saying said over you since the beginning of time. He has been saying it to you since before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. Lot like Elijah, whatever you're walking through, and you need that gentle whisper. I encourage you to just come. You don't need to say a word. Your actions speak enough for you. Just come and kneel up front. And if you can't get up here, if, if there's health reasons, that just at your seat's fine. And I also, also want to encourage those. I think there's some of us in here that. Has been calling you to start journaling, start writing. Maybe you've been starting this recently. I want you to take a moment in your seat. You can get out if, if you're using a notebook or your phone to take notes on. And I just want you to just take a Promises. We thank you for your words, Lord, that are for us, not against us, God. Thank you, Lord, for your truth, the truth of your word. That when we measure our feelings against it, Lord, we are put back on the path of truth. And Lord, for those in here this morning that need to hear from you, that are desperate to hear from you, God, that have been crying out and Expecting thunder and fire and wind, earthquakes, Lord. God, that you would speak to them this morning in a gentle whisper.